Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As we move into men's semi-final time at the Australian Open, good morning to you, BP. Full coverage again this afternoon, so looking forward to this one. But first up, our women's finalists are locked in. Sabalenka against Zhang from China. We are talking big-time numbers here worldwide. Yeah, no doubt, uh, Matty. And look, heads off to Arena Sabalenka uh, last night in you know, trying to preview that uh, semi-final you know, for consecutive days there, we were yeah, certainly worried about, um, you know, her uh, capacity to maybe let an opportunity slip as she had last year in, you know, some big semifinals. And then, of course, that final of the US Open against uh, Coco Goff. And, look, uh, the match had everything last night. It had uh, breaks of serve, ebbs and flies, momentum shifts. Uh, you know, Coco throwing in eight double faults, which didn't help her cause. Uh, but the fight of both players, uh, the extended rallies, uh, Sabalenka coming into the net so often uh, is a sight that we haven't, you know, always seen. I, I love it. She needed she needed to evolve in that area to, you know, complement the power from the back. But I suppose you, the old saying, you, know, you learn from experience. And Arena, um, you could just see it up close where we were last night that there were just some clutch moments that had to be won and she had to execute and. She was able to do that when it really counted the most, which is obviously the sign of a great champion. And yeah, she found a way to uh, get through the toughest match she has certainly faced in this tournament. I think those two are uh, yeah, a great matchup, and we're going to see it many times uh, in the future at the pointy end of the Grand Slams. Mm. What do the losers from the semi-finals take away from their run? And I'm talking about Coco Goff and Diana Yastremska. Well, I think for Coco. You know, 19 years of age, I mean, she's just done so much in her career to already win a slam, make a French Open final, a semi here. You know, I suppose for Coco, it was all about, you know, backing up from winning that US Open. What does the next slam look like? So, you know, you would expect um, her to, you know, certainly be featuring around semi final time, and then it's just going to come down to the day itself and, and who performs best. But I think, you know, we're not going to see her go away. And, yeah, certainly uh, for Diana Yastrzemska is an interesting one. Uh, and obviously there's been the huge spike in form here. Uh, whether she can sustain that going back onto the tour, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, I think we've always known her level is better than what her uh, ranking was coming into qualifying. And she has pretty much, you know, recovered her ranking to be back in and around where, you know, she was a few years ago. So that, that's a great position for her to be in to consolidate. I mean, she's in all the big tournaments now. But she knows that uh, you know, the competition is hot. 
uh, you're only as good as your last performance. Um, you know, tennis moves on pretty quickly, but I think you know she'll uh, she should be able to at least consolidate the ranking this year inside the top 100. Mm. I just ran through all the stats, and you know them better than anyone about the men's semi-finalists that are left and the matchups that we've got. And I'm trying to work my way through the answer to the question that if it's not Novak, then who is it? Yannick Sinner? Is it Medvedev? Is it Zverev? Because they're the contenders that have left, that are left rather. Um, Novak versus Sinner will be first up later on this afternoon. H- have you got an answer to that? If it's not Novak, who? Well, I think uh, Medvedev is the best place uh, for me. Uh, he's been there. Uh, he's been in a couple of Australian Open uh, finals, won a US Open. He's just such a good hard quarter. And I think of the three players left, I mean, you know, he's he's got probably the most resilience and his ability to defend in some uh, big rallies, I think, holds him in good stead. But, you know, look, at who knows how it's going to transpire. It's, uh, the, the margins are really, really small. And, you know, Sino, I think still the ultimate test is going to come, you know, what's left of the tournament for him. And we just don't know. We haven't seen him, you know, at, at this stage of a major going so deep. And whilst he's playing brilliant tennis, there's still some questions to be answered in the heat of battle in a semi-final or potentially a final. So if it's not Novak, you know, Medvedev is the best place for me. Do you pay much notice at this stage of the tournament, BP, to hours on court and obviously the opponents that they've had along the way through. But when you look at Novak versus Yannick Sinner, there's about four hours difference. Novak spent a lot more time on court than Yannick Sinner, who is younger than his opponent here, and Sinner has not dropped a set. Do you pay any credence to that, or is or is all that just like, throw that away, because this is a, a whole new argument? Yeah, the latter. The latter for me, Matt, because, I mean, these guys are playing a high volume of tennis. They're well-conditioned athletes. Yeah, very, you have easier days at the office uh, than others. Um, but really, at the top of the men's game, they're built to play long matches. That's what you're doing all the hard work for. It. You know, going in with the mindset, that, well, you know, this could go four or five sets. That's the level of conditioning and and the mental prayers I've got to bring to the court. So they're always they're always preparing for that as the you know, the, the most likely or worst case scenario, if you like. Um, so no, I don't pay a lot of attention uh, to it. And in fact, you know, Novak's now had. Uh, a, a good two full days yeah, since playing Tuesday afternoon. There's a fair, fair gap in the majors between a quarterfinal and a semi, so I expect him to be uh, yeah, cherry ripe today. Is that the reason why he's ended up first up today in the afternoon session? No, it's as simple as that he played uh, Tuesday um, mm. and, and Sinner played uh, Tuesday and the other guys played Wednesday. Wednesday so yeah. It's just giving the, giving the yeah, 48-hour sort of turnaround at least minimum. Yeah, three afternoon matches for Novak Djokovic. It's almost unthinkable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it is. And look, it all goes back to the decision to play Demon All Sunday night uh, in prime time at his match with uh, Rublev. So if it had been Djokovic Sunday night, it would have yeah, looked a little different. All right. Uh, Alexander Sverev, just a, a couple of words on him. So the second time he's made it this far at the Australian Open, he's been runner-up in major before at the US Open a couple of years ago. Um, he's he's seated sixth coming into this one, so he's the lowest ranked of those left. What does he have to do here to climb over the top of Medvedev and, and then against whoever he faces in the final? Yeah, high percentage of first serves. Uh, and that, that was really a big box that he ticked in his, uh, his quarterfinal. And, and we know he's capable of that because if Medvedev gets a look at the second serve, 
uh, it'll put um, you know, certainly Big Sasha on the back foot. I mean, he, obviously we know the returning position of Medvedev, and then he just uh, hits that that first ball is so deep and and putting you on the back foot. And I think he's going to take the game on too because uh, you know Medvedev, whilst he's a good mover and can go forward, I mean, I think Sarah is going to you know use that to his advantage and and throw in the drop shot. He's going to get to the net, try and halve the points because Medvedev he'll he'll rally all day with you. So I think it's a little bit of you know, risk versus reward for uh, for Sasha, and he'll be right in the game. There's no doubt. I mean, these two will uh, be feisty. They don't like each other that uh, that much, and they've both got um, you know big stakes here. <laughs> you just don't know when these opportunities present next. And you know, if Novak um, falters, uh, it's a huge opportunity for one of them to win it. And you cherish those sort of moments trying to win these slams, knowing uh, you know the caliber of player around you. It's pretty tough. Have a good Australia Day, Brett. Coverage this afternoon from two o'clock. Enjoy the semis. Uh, pleasure. Thank you, Matt.